Ladies and gentlemen, sit back, relax, and buckle your seatbelts. It's time for your weekly ride along with the Bikes on Bikes. This is Drive By. Welcome, I am Mike J. He is Mike Guest. We are the Mike's on Mike's. This is the Drive-By Wrestling Podcast. It's no longer that shit year 2020, but what? Eight, nine, ten days in, depending on when you listen to this. Is it really looking that much better? Well, here's the thing. I thought it was funny from the start that people thought that an arbitrary changing of numbers was going to end all this madness. <laughs> so, no, uh, I'm not shocked at all. Everyone's like, 2021, I'm going to change everything. And I was like, no, it's not. It's going to change one number at the end of the year. And other than that, we're still in this like hellhole. There's an arbitrary changing of numbers. And everyone was like, this is going to save us. Yeah, no. No, it hasn't. And, you know, maybe the last... Uh... I, 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 when I say hit, I completely mean this sarcastically, because by hits in 2020, I mean the terrible things that it caused. So when I say the last hit 2020 kind of came at us with, we were off air for, but that was the passing of John Huber, Luke Harper, Brody Lee, whatever you want to call him. Uh, this one hit me, man. I, I know it's the kid factor, his children, his wife. But I just want to say before we go any further in this show, I think that both companies did a tremendous job honoring him, and I just want to, I would stand up if you could see it, stand up and give massive props to Tony Khan, AEW, and everyone involved in that tribute episode. That was, um... That was maybe the most beautiful episode of wrestling I've ever seen. It it made me uh, made me curious. I recall, and I I want to say it was when Owen Hart died. I used to always tape Monday Night Raw and Monday Nitro uh, in case I would fall asleep. Of course, this was you know back in high school days and I remember taping uh, like I said I'm pretty sure it was the Owen Hart one I don't think it was the Eddie one pretty sure it was the Owen one and I believe that was the tape I actually had to move that into the permanent collection and I wrote best episode of Raw ever Yeah. and I'm like man I should go back and watch that because I don't remember it uh you know, obviously, years ago. Yeah. But it, I heard everyone saying that this was the greatest tribute show ever, and I mean, it's hard to argue. That being said, I'm like, man, that makes me want to go back and watch these other WWE tribute shows. I know they did one for Owen, they did one for Eddie. They, uh, did, one, they did one for Chris Benoit. Did they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That didn't age that, well. That Monday, it was a Chris Benoit tribute show. Cool. That didn't age well. That might be the worst remember, show ever. Remember, on Tuesday on ECW, Vince had to come out and be like, oh, I'm sorry about last night. P.S. I'm not dead. 
Oh, uh, I didn't watch ECW because that was on Sci-Fi, and my stupid cable company didn't carry Sci-Fi, so I wow. never watched the ECW WWE version. Wow, man, you're so lucky. I know. <laughs> That's a beautiful thing of you. Like, I've got a coworker who says he hasn't been in a Walmart since he was 10 years old. He's 32. That's amazing. Isn't that crazy? It's kind of like when we did our Halloween episode and you explained to Daniel that because you didn't watch the Undertaker Kane versus Triple H and Shawn Michaels match that it doesn't exist. Yeah, WWE, ECW doesn't exist for me either, man. Yeah. Never happened. Yeah, right? Just didn't happen. Wasn't a thing. Not a real thing. (laughs) But I just wanted to put that out there because I know that I sometimes come off as an AEW hater. I'm not. I'm just critical because... No one else seems to be, and everyone seems to be critical of everything that Vincent Company does, but I think both companies did fine. I know people had a problem with the way that WWE handled it. I was informed by one of my guys. The companies actually talked. WWE did not want to step on their toes. We're not going to get props for them for that or anything. Uh, Let them do their thing, and then they just quietly recorded some video tributes and released them online. They let their wrestlers do their thing, and I thought that was fantastic. I enjoyed all of it. Uh, But big props to AEW and Tony Khan for the way they handled it. Yeah, like I said uh, earlier, it was a beautiful episode of TV. I don't really have much more to add to it other than that. There's nothing more to add. uh, Favorite John Huber moment? (sighs) Man. I've got mine. Do you want to hear it? Do you want to hear it while you think? Yeah, no, I got mine too. Go ahead. Um, my favorite John Huber moment was the Randy Orton Bray Wyatt feud, okay. where where Luke Harper was the only one that knew that Randy Orton was going to turn <laughs> on them, and for three months, for three months, this motherfucker stood in a ring and side eyed Randy Orton and made the best faces. And would just be like, and would just be like, and would just be like, Bray, what are you doing? Like, he's, he's Randy fucking Orton. And, um, that was like some of the best. That to me was the best part of that feud. And that was an outstanding feud. But Luke Harper, as like the guy who was just like off to the side, like, what the fuck are we doing right now, man? Was to me like the best three months of work he's ever done. That's that's good. I'm going to go in a little shorter time capsule. Uh, do you remember when you and I both attended Fastlane in Columbus, Ohio? I do. And they had that violent, uh, was it a match or attack? I think it was an attack. Oh, on, my uh, God. Day. Yes, that was a great, and they just came out. And it was like a straight-up car wreck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it looked like it. That has never left my mind. It was one of the coolest moments I ever, like, just, I was never, I love the Wyatt family. I liked all the members, but, like, it was weird to be, like, I'm not, like, a huge Luke Harper, Eric Rowan fan, you know what I mean? I like them, but that is one thing that I will never forget, the brutality that they, when they were the Bludgeon Brothers, they turned it to a different level. Silly name? Sure. Uh, cool look, in my opinion, yeah, but man, the violence and the, the, I don't even want to say violence, the, the realistic, uh, part of their offense that they brought 
I mean, they just took it to another level, man. And I really enjoyed that moment. Also, giant fucking hammers. <laughs> and, and, and I mean, if there's two guys that know a lot about giant hammers, it's you and me, right? Yep. <laughs> That's exactly right. If you don't believe me, I'll send you a picture of my dick right now, motherfucker. He's, right now. He's not lying. I'm not even he lying. Will. I send pictures of my dick to Mike like two, three times a year just to like, <laughs> just to be like, yo, here's my dick, man. Um, so, Hashtag you know. never forget. Yeah, yeah. Like, so don't think I won't. Like, if you call me out and you're like, your dick ain't big. Bro, I'll show you how big my dick is. You will see it. Like, it's, it's like, I'm a very skinny guy. I don't know if you know the thing about skinny guys, but we are fucking packing, son. And I'm a goddamn Romanian. I don't know if you know about Romanians, but we fucking packing also, son. So I got it coming from two sides. So there you go. If you don't believe me, I take. Do I keep a dick picture in my phone just for when people don't believe me to send it to them? Uh. So there you go. Okay. And I make sure I'm holding it with my tattooed arm, so you know it's me. <laughs> That's special. Uh, something else that was special, or is special to us always, is when we get to kind of compare and contrast our favorite Uncle Dave and his star ratings. And Mike, this past, uh, well, week, Monday, I believe it was Monday, Tuesday, or Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, was uh, Wrestle Kingdom. It Year was Monday, oh God. We also got Sunday, Monday, to... Tuesday, yes. We also got treated to Wednesday, which was NXT New Year's Evil and uh, AEW New Year's Smash, which we will also discuss here shortly. But here's what I wanted to kind of bring up. I know there's a couple things you want to talk about in depth here or in, in compacted in depth, Mike. But this is a tweet from a uh, good Twitter follow at Slate underscore S42. Fun to discuss. Notable Meltzer ratings from the past few weeks. Abushi versus White, 5.25 stars. Mm. Okoda versus Osprey, 5.25 stars. That's, bud, Bud, that's Okada. Come on. I'm sorry. I, did I, like, how did I say it? I don't know, but you didn't say fucking Okada. <laughs> <laughs> Okada versus Osprey, uh, 5.25 stars. Omega versus Ray Phoenix, five stars. I'm gonna probably mess some of the. Oh, other dude, we're sure. gonna we're gonna come back to that fucking. No, we're not. I take that back. I was thinking of a different match on AEW. Never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> Shingo versus Cobb, five stars. What? Abushi. Shingo versus Cobb got five stars. Like I'm not like saying I disagree with that. It was a great fucking match, man. I'm just surprised it got five stars. Abushi versus Nato. Five stars. It's Naito. It's Naito. Not Naito. Tanahashi. Here's, hold on. I want to let everyone know. Mike knows these people's names, guys. I don't know what's going on right now. <laughs> but, like, I know for a Dude, fact he knows these people's names and how to say them. I'm, I'm tired and, uh, I've been talking all day and I'm just, you know. Uh-huh, that's my fine. Your day's ending. My day's just starting. I got you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tanahashi, uh... Ishimori, this one I don't know. Is it Ishimori? Yeah. Okay. 4.75. Okay, ready? Here mm -hmm. we go. Balor versus O'Reilly 2. Four stars. 
Lee versus McIntyre, three and a half stars. Now, I don't know if you got to watch either of those WWE matches. I, I know you see, had a I had seen either jam packed week. Okay, uh, Balor versus Riley. We'll go into a little bit when we do NXT, but dude. I can't imagine this not being a five-star match. Like, I just can't. Because of... Well, we'll go into it. But their story, just everything. And Lee vs. McIntyre, I'm not gonna say that it was a five-star. But when it's... <sighs> a three-and-a-half star... I would give it three-and-a-half stars just for the fact that Keith Lee gave Drew McIntyre a Spanish fly off the top rope. What? Because... Uh, Holy shit. Uh, but the fact that it was a absolutely fantastic match and Keith Lee gave Drew McIntyre Spanish fly off the top rope has to put it in the four, the four range, even if it's a flat four, right? Uh, I don't know. You'll have to go back and watch it and see if I'm way off base. It's just the... And the tweet finished with, oh boy, and a laughing emoji. It, it really just feeds into that, if it happened in Tokyo Dome. <laughs> yeah. It happens in the Tokyo Dome gets an automatic fiver. And you saw all these Wrestle Kingdom matches, Mike. Uh, is the over five overrated? Or I mean, I hate over five anyway. I think I, it's stupid. I think it's dumb to give a. Okay, I feel about like Dave Meltzer when he rates something over five stars. How I feel when they tell you that there's going to be a hundred and twenty percent humidity for the day, right? Right. Okay. So, if you're telling me there's 120% humidity for the day, what you're telling me is that your scale for fucking humidity is wrong, <laughs> and you don't actually know what 100% humidity is, right? right. Yeah. And that's kind of how... I'm with you. And that's kind of how I feel. Like, that's how I feel when anyone's like, Oh, man, I gave it 110%. No, you didn't, man. You gave it 100 fucking percent because you can't possibly give 110%. And if you think you gave it 110%, that means that your scale for what you think is 100% of your work power is fucking off and you're shorting yourself fucking 10% every day. So Right, that means when you put 90% in last time, you yeah, actually were yeah, putting in like yeah, 60% yeah, or, so, or 70%, however when, over you went last time. When Dave started with all this over five stars nonsense that uh like that year he decided he was wanted kenny omega's dick and balls in and around his mouth um that that was when i was like okay so obviously like you're like we all know dave's ratings are arbitrary bullshit anyway but <laughs> they are now like it's even more so like okay so now your scale like, your arbitrary bullshit, at least you had this, like, this, like, reasonable scale that we've been going off of for, like, damn near 30 years, right? Um, but, like, what he did was he made, a, a, like, a already bullshit rating system even more bullshit. Because now it's like I can just pull fucking numbers out of the fucking air now for a match I enjoy. So, I don't, like, I feel like it's even... His ratings became even more worthless to me when he started doing that. But I'm getting betting that .25 came from 48 minutes. Like the match itself is a five-star match. I'm guessing he gave it a .25 extra because they went almost 50 fucking minutes. Right. 
So, uh, yeah, man. Like, it was a five-star match. Was um, Hiromu versus Ishimori. It was definitely a five-star match. Uh, Cobb versus fucking Shingo. I, I, it was a five-star match for what it was. This was, like, a brutal fucking match, by the way. Shingo versus Cobb. If you just want to watch two people beat the shit out of each other, it's this match. <laughs> um, Kota and Naito, yeah, I'd say that was pretty spot on. Okada and fucking Osprey was a great match. Um, yeah, like, all those matches were amazing fucking matches. I'm not taking away from any of them, I just think that... I don't know, man. Star ratings are... It's all just bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything you want to touch on uh, from Wrestle Kingdom? I know. Um, Jay White is a fucking master at his job. Like, putting in 48 minutes and then, like, the fucking... And then giving a, like, a nine-minute promo after the match? Like, where he, like cries and laughs like maniacally at the same time and it dude it was jay white though i've always been a fan of jay white since he came back with the switchblade gimmick from excursion um didn't know too much about him as a young boy before he left for excursion didn't watch him on excursion so my first real knowledge of him was him coming back as switchblade um this dude is like one of the best professional wrestlers on the face of the fucking planet. Um, put some respect on his name when you fucking talk about him. Kota Ibushi. Holy shit. This guy wrestled back-to-back fucking amazing matches. Night one against uh, Naito. Night two against Jay White. I don't know how the motherfucker does it. He has become God. This is what he says. Yes, you have. You're a fucking wrestling god, man. For right now, anyway. Um, Okada versus Osprey. Fuck, can't say enough good things about both these guys. They're doing great things right now. Tell a great story with Osprey. Tell a great story with Okada. That's all I really want to cover. We got a lot more to talk about today, so I'm not going to wrestle Kingdom it up too much. But check all that shit out. Oh, and John Moxley. Yeah. John Moxley might be defending his U.S. title sometimes. <laughs> At some point in time. Um, I, of course with everything to get caught up through the week and Wrestle Kingdom being in the week, I yeah, I didn't even have a chance to sniff it. But I saw highlights, I saw clips, and I did actually watch the Jay White promo, and man, he's a hell of a promo. Uh, yeah, yeah, he fucking is, right? And, you know, I heard that he's great in the ring. I never really heard people praise his promo, and I'm like, watching this and listening to it i'm like why do people not praise this more not that that's more important maybe it's because it's new japan and obviously ring work is where it's at right but this promo man i was knowing the absolute peripheral of the character and the bullet club and everything new japan with jay white dude i was sold i was a fan Without ever seeing a full match of this guy's, just seeing clips and hearing this, I was like, I like this guy. Uh, no matter what, I, there's some rumors, Mike. Is he headed here? Is he headed there? Is he staying in New Japan? 
I tell you what, with that promo, no matter what happens, it's set up perfectly. Oh, yeah, he's set up to leave. He's set up to stay. I personally think he's staying because of Ishii's comments after um, New Year's Dash. Uh, the main story coming out of Dash is Jay White. Jay White took the pin in the 5-on-5 Bullet Club versus Chaos match. Um, post-match, they asked Ishii about getting the pin on him, and he said, one guy fought for almost 50 minutes last night, and one guy didn't even have a match. He said the guy that took the pin fought for almost 50 minutes last night. The guy that got the pin didn't even have a match last night, speaking about himself. And he said, keep your head up, kid. You're going to be coming back from this one. I think they're already laying the groundwork for him to... This is the face turn, I personally think. I personally think it's a face turn. Probably get booted from Bullet Club. Right, right. Allow, that'll allow Kenta or Evil to take over the group. Jay White can... I mean, they've already got a heel guy Jin with Osprey right now, so... You don't really need Jay White. This could be the start of a face turn. I don't know if I like that, though, because Jay White's a fucking amazing heel. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. We will uh, see. Um, sorry, I have some messages coming in from <laughs> some of my guys. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I talk like I'm a dirt sheet writer. I'm not, because I don't tell you people shit. Because I just keep stuff close to the vest, and me and Mike talk about it off air. How about that? That's what we do. <laughs> All right, Mike. Let's uh, let's take a quick break and get into this uh, Wednesday night stuff. I'm I think I'm done calling it a war, man. After the statement by Huber's wife, after the week of tributes by both companies, it's just wrestling, man. But I'm still going to talk NXT. You're going to talk AEW. We'll critique both. How about that? Works for me. Hang tight. We will be right back. All right, Lord Ketchum, what's your favorite line from a Star Wars movie? Man, why, why you gotta put me on the spot like that? Man, no, time? come on, tell me a line from your favorite Star Wars movie. <laughs> yeah, quick, quick. Who's it doesn't force? matter Who's what your force? favorite line from a Star Wars movie is. It is. It does. It isn't. Guys, pull over. Well, hey there. We were so busy arguing that we almost passed right by you. Hey, you like movies, don't you? <laughs> no, wait, wait. You love movies, right? Why don't you join me, the Lord Ketchum. And me, Dave King of the Road. And me, the Mayor Matt Logson, every other Tuesday. <laughs> typically every other Tuesday. Yeah, okay, so join us typically every other Tuesday on Nostalgia Highway, the movies you know from the guys you don't, the No Frills Movie Review Podcast. We bring our own unique and in-depth analysis of your and our favorite movies from yesteryear. We may argue. We will f***ing cuss. We absolutely will spoil key scene reveals and plot points. Because we only review movies that are 15 years or older. Typically, we review movies that are 15 years or older. Yeah, typically. Hey, who's making the rules anyway? We better get a move on, fellas. I'm sure there's other hitchhikers that are wandering along the highway waiting for us. You're right. You can catch Nostalgia Highway typically every other Tuesday. On Apple and Google Podcasts. As well as Spotify, Breaker, and where all the other popular podcasts are. But you can also find us on Facebook at Nostalgia Highway Podcast, and our Twitter handle is at HighwayNHP. We'll pick you up next time, out on the highway.
think he could tell us what to do? Now, excuse my little interruption of the main program here, but um, I like to make dramatic entrances sometimes. So this is Daniel, host of the WID Pot Show, and I almost took my last ride. They wanted me gone, but I'm still here. Who are they? <laughs> That's something I can't disclose. But we talk about conspiracies like that on my show. Now, if you're interested in UFOs, government cover-ups, cryptozoology, magic, all the things that go bump in the night, listen live on YouTube at around noon for your midday mindfuck. Or you can find the show on the podcast apps on all of them. It's WID question mark podcast. You also can call my Skype line, like Mike did, the brave one, and talk to well-known guests or share your own paranormal story. But be aware, sometimes it gets dark and disturbing. So are you ready to take this ride? I'll be waiting for you on the other side. Now back to the two mics on mics and the Drive-By Wrestling Podcast. Best show about professional sports entertainment. Wednesday Night Wrestling of 2021 happened this week, and NXT and AEW both had, I guess, quote-unquote special events. Uh, I will say WWE, or I'm sorry, NXT, New Year's Evil, and then AEW Counter-Program with New Year's Smash. Can I say that? Yeah. <laughs> um, listen, this whole counter-programming talk on both sides, and that's from the fans, not the companies, it's so stupid. Isn't the, isn't the, like, aren't you supposed to put on your best show ever? Yes, you should. <laughs> isn't that, like, the goal? Uh, so I don't know, but anyway. Uh, New Year's Evil kicks off with a bang, man. We open up with uh, Damian Priest versus Karrion Cross. Uh, of course, the story is that Cross came back claiming he was going to regain the title he never lost. Damian Priest kind of stepped to, uh, well, to Scarlet, saying that he shouldn't send her to fight his battles. And later that night, he was attacked, injured, out of a triple threat match for the North American title. And then, of course, uh, this sets up the match for them. Uh, Bleacher Report gave this a B-. Uh, I think it was a B. I think the minus is a little much. I thought this match would be better than it was. It wasn't bad. I just thought it would be better, if that makes sense. Uh, Priest wins, of course, by pinfall. I'm sorry. Uh, Cross wins by pinfall. 
Priest takes the L, and there's lots of rumors and speculation that he may be coming up to the main roster soon. Um, I actually think Damian Priest would be a better fit on the main roster. How, uh, what say you? Um, honestly, he probably would. He's got more of a main roster feel about him. Yeah, that makes sense. I agree. And I also feel like he's a guy that Vince will love. I just think his style also works better on the main roster. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, next, we got NXT Cruiserweight Champion Santo Escobar defending against Grand Metalik. Mike, I like I scrolled out into the Bleacher Report grade, and it was a C plus, and I don't know what the hell match they watched. Like, what match? Whoever wrote this review at Bleacher Report, what did you watch? I'm not going to say this was a five-star match, or an A, even, but a damn C+. I just said that I liked the opening match. I thought it was going to be better. I think the B- was harsh. Probably a B. And this one's worse? No. You're on crack. Uh, I think this is a B+, if not an A- all the way. Uh, I think Santo Escobar is a bona fide star. And I honestly, if they were to, if they, if Vince ever got in that I need factions again mode, they could just pull this whole faction right up on a main roster tomorrow and I'd be totally good with it. Uh, it just, it just all works. This match was a lot of fun. Um, and of course we see Escobar get another good win in another contested match and defending that cruiser, cruiserweight championship. So we keep running there and I'm, I don't know if it's been stated or not. I'm going to assume that uh, Wild and uh, Mendoza probably team in the Dusty Classic. Doesn't that make the most sense? Yeah. And we keep building some momentum for this, uh, for this faction. Next, we got the, uh, I don't want to call it a reveal, but we got maybe a re-debut of Zia Lee in this new, I don't know what to call the gimmick, other than I'm still fascinated by it. Uh, she comes out with Boa and this character, creature, Chinese demon, whatever it is, is sitting in a throne in this off, dark off lighting. Creepy as shit, dude. Uh, watching the match at the top of the ramp, Xia Li kicks the... Uh, Ever-living shit out of... Oh, what's her name? The one female luchador that wears a mask that was on the main roster for like two days and then was gone. Uh, I can't remember her. Katarina, I think her name is. Uh, yeah, it, this was... This was a total squash uh, to establish these two. Uh, Bleach Report gave it a B plus. I think that's fair. It was pretty cool. Um, but this is also kind of the... Hang on, because the big stuff's coming. Raquel Gonzalez versus Rhea Ripley in a last woman standing match. Mike? This shit sounds badass. Dude. I forgot that this was a last woman standing match. I'm also going to admit something on air. I had been up since 1 a.m. that Wednesday morning. I was feeling a little... uh little sinusy with my allergy, so I took two Benadryl, 
and my ass was knocked the F out. So as Rio Ripley was making her walk to the ring, I passed out and then uh, woke up to go into the bedroom and saw bits and pieces of it, thought that I watched the whole match. Then when I rewatched it the next day, I realized that I had seen like none of it. This match was, what did you say? That sounds like it would be totally awesome. What? What did you say when I said it? It sounds oh, yeah. totally Sa- awesome. Sounds like it's going to be an awesome match. Yeah, uh, well, it was. Uh, these two beat the shit out of each other um, all over the uh, the arena, uh, through glass doors, through tables, off the top of scaffolding or lockers or whatever. Uh I'll tell you something, because I, I know that if you missed it on social media, you won't be able to pick it up. Dakota Kai obviously comes out and tries to help, and then gets literally shoved in a locker by Rhea Ripley, and then she puts like a big rolling trunk in front of it. A little bit later on, I think, well, it would have been Thursday morning, and I'm at, before I'm leaving Fork going through Twitter, I see... Uh, Dakota Kai tweeted, is anybody out there? Triple H? Gonzalez? Uh, Help? uh, (laughs) So, long play on that. I love stuff like that. Uh, Bleach Report gave this an A+. And I'll just say, if it happened in the Tokyo Dome, it would have been an A++++. Yeah, of course. It's Tokyo Dome, man. (laughs) We get a little promo from The Way, Johnny Gargano's little faction. Uh, This was simply to set up this is the way. Uh, yeah, Shotzi came out in the tank uh, to confront Candice LeRae. Austin Theory goes up the ramp to stop her, and she shoots him in the nuts with her tank, which was hilarious. Um, then uh, as she gets in the ring to confront Candice, Johnny's trying to get involved. Kushida comes out uh, to attack Johnny. And then we have an impromptu tag match, mixed tag match, which was actually really fun. Uh, Bleach Report gave us a B plus. I think that's fair. Um, so we'll see where we go from here. But it looks like Kushida is probably going to be next in line to challenge Johnny for that North American title, and I think that's awesome. Ugh, fuck yeah, man. About time. Let's start doing some Kushida shit. Uh, and our main event of the night, Mike. We talked a little bit earlier about it. NXT champion Finn Balor defense against Kyle O'Reilly in Balor O'Reilly 2. Holy shit. Uh, this one I completely fell asleep for. This is the one that I thought, oh, I'm going to watch it. And I just totally passed out. So I actually ended up watching this two times. I watched it while finishing some paperwork up at work. And then I watched it again uh, last night. And, Mike, I got to tell you, fan flipping tastic. This match, and this is why I have an issue with Dave giving it whatever I said he gave it earlier, four stars. Uh, This match had story to it. Um, And I know some people complain, and you can touch on it. How do you rate Omega and Phoenix 5 when there was zero story and their story in the Balor-O'Reilly match and you give it what it gave, what you gave, or what he gave? Uh, So you can touch on that a little bit later. What I want to say is that this was classic pro wrestling storytelling. So if you're keeping score at home, (coughs) 
See, I told you I'm having voice issues. Uh, these two put on a clinic at the last or NXT TakeOver. I believe it was 31. Uh, Balor gets his jaw broken. Kyle O'Reilly's really beat up. Beat the literal shit out of each other. So now we have this story built in. <clears throat> O'Reilly uh, gets the victory over Dunn so that he can have this match, right? And Balor tells him, you got receipts coming. I don't, I'm not going to forget that you broke my jaw. So this match starts out, Mike, a, a little bit on the technical side. We're doing some mat wrestling. We're doing some submissions, some reversals, a lot of very, very stiff uh, kicks and punches. And at one point, I'm not sure the move that Balor had O'Reilly in, but it, it it's like an abdominal stretch, but he had both arms uh, tied up, so we're not getting this reach to break the... Uh, to break the stretch with the arm. But what we do get is O'Reilly kind of stretching out and stretching his neck out, and he reaches the ropes and actually bites the ropes to break the hold. That's fucking cool. Well, here's the next cool part, Mike. As Balor sees us, he immediately breaks the hold and he kicks the rope. Now, uh, O'Reilly grasps at his jaw. The announcers are putting it over. There's your receipt. Beth Phoenix is talking about how it's not necessarily even the impact, but the angle that that came in, what it could have done to his jaw. O'Reilly's doing a masterclass in selling this jaw the entire rest of the match. At some point, uh, there's an injury or a attempt to injure the shoulder of Finn Balor by Kyle O'Reilly. The selling is top-notch. The storytelling is top-notch. Uh, it's not, it, after that, it's not even a point where I can just sit here and describe this match. It's just one that you just have to go watch how it unfolded. Eventually, O'Reilly taps the Finn Balor. We don't even get a, uh, a coup de gras or however you pronounce that, Mike. Uh, we get a tap out, uh, by Kyle O'Reilly. O'Reilly is, scoots himself over to the corner. Uh, Undisputed Era comes out to check on him and talk to him. Balor, at some point in time, took a shot, I believe, hard way to the head. He's bleeding down the side of his face from his forehead. Uh, the camera's focusing on it. He's standing there staring at O'Reilly, kind of giving that I approve of what just happened and I'm proud of you kind of look. And O'Reilly's giving the I'm dejected that I lost again to you look. And they're all kind of just staring at each other in this weird approval slash awkward disappointment. It was flipping awesome, dude. And it's just one of those things where when you watch pro wrestling and you see a story told in a ring like that that calls back to the even the small few things that led up to it, you're just like, now this is why I love pro wrestling. This is a story, and that's why I'm here. All right. Yeah, I'm very excited to check this match out. Yeah. Their, their, first, their first match... In comparison to their first match, what where would you what would you say? I think it's a totally <laughs> different match. I could be wrong. I'd have to go rewatch their first match. I mean, it's still hard hitting. The first match was hard hitting, but like I said, the whole first—I don't even know if I want to say half—but at least the first quarter of the match was all like submission, mat wrestling, like reversals, and once that jaw shot hit, it just went up to that next level, and. I mean, I think you could watch these matches back-to-back -back and and be satisfied watching two amazing, completely different wrestling matches. 
And I honestly think, I think I like this one better because of the story. All right. Yeah, well, like, story adds whole complexity and layers and shit. Absolutely. To an already good match, so. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. Overall, good show. Great oh, show. Fantastic show. Fantastic yeah, I would show. say I would give it. I would give it a great rating. Uh, like I said, I was. I don't want to say I was disappointed in the cross match. I just thought it would be better. But again, sometimes people don't have chemistry. Um, and I'm not saying that there wasn't chemistry. I just honestly think after everything else, it just kind of overshadowed it. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, man, I think, but just with those last two matches, plus a great cruiserweight match, uh, I really enjoyed the mixed tag match and the segment leading up to it, even though it wasn't, like, mind-blowing pro wrestling. It was fun, entertaining pro wrestling, and I enjoy that, man. So, yeah, this was a great show. Awesome, man. Can't wait to check it out this weekend. Now that I have officially nothing to watch to compete with it, so now that the Mandalorian is over and the holidays are done and football season will be coming to an end, I can, uh... Hey, football, by the way. I just want to say, guys, um, I have lived in a world for the last, I don't know, 25-ish years where on Saturday my Ohio State Buckeyes would soar to the highest of heights and on Sunday (laughs) my Cleveland Browns would fall to the lowest of lows. But this weekend, Mike, this fucking weekend right here coming up, Mm-hmm. On Sunday, my Cleveland Browns are playing in their first fucking playoff game since before my testicles had descended. Yes, they are. That's crazy to me. Like, really? Wrap your head around what I just said. This is the first Cleveland Browns playoff game since I have been able to produce semen. Um... <laughs> That is mind-blowing to me. And they're probably going to lose. I don't give a fuck. I don't even care. I don't even care. Lose. Go right ahead. I don't care. Playoffs, right? And then, on Monday, my Ohio State Buckeyes are playing for a national championship. Again. Again. Go ahead and lose. I don't even care. We beat Clemson. That's the only thing that matters. Maybe if Trevor Lawrence wouldn't have shown up with a mustache that you'd have been proud of at 13, but should be ashamed of when you're about to be the number one overall draft pick in America, y'all would have won. But it is what it is. Is what it is. You do you, sunshine. You go make your 30 fucking mil as the number one pick. Good luck on the fucking Jacksonville Jaguars. I hear they got solid ownership, though. So, um... So, yeah, I'm looking forward to watching now that all these, like, competing things are gone. By the way, if you haven't watched Ted Lasso, and I'm not just talking to you, Mike, I'm talking to anybody. It's it's on Apple TV. Uh, it's an Apple TV show. It's called Ted Lasso, starring Jason Sudeikis as a Division II college football coach who gets hired to coach a Premier League soccer club. 
in England. So, like, it's fucking amazing. It's comedy in the way that The Office is, where it's like, not the same type of comedy as The Office, but comedy where, like, after you watch an episode, you're like, God damn, man, I feel good about myself. Like, there's no <coughs> darkness to it. There's no... It's just a show about a good dude just, like, making people's lives better and being hilarious at the same time. So. I like it. I like it. <laughs> AEW Dynamite was a show that happened. Um, <laughs> I, I know, When you say that, I never know if that means good or bad. <laughs> it was a show that happened. Um, it, it usually is. It opened with an eight-man tag team match. The Young Bucks and SCU taking on the Acclaimed and the Hybrid 2. Okay. I'm in a weird spot here. Um, One, uh, I like the Acclaimed, man. These dudes are doing like a real fucking good heel thing. Um, the way the dude can freestyle and flow. And the way he talks shit while doing it, uh, it, it is reminiscent of John Cena. But they actually acknowledged that this week. Like, in his freestyle, he's like, oh no, here comes them Cena guys, referring to themselves. Oh, really? Yeah, like, acknowledged it. And then, uh, um, the hybrid too. God, I wish I didn't fucking hate these two guys so much. <laughs> because I love how they wrestle. I love them as a tag team. Um, Jack Evans is fucking insane. And does some of the... He's like maybe one of the best high flyers on American wrestling television right now. Um, and Helico, who I hate more than Jack Evans... I actually enjoy watching wrestle more than Jack Evans. This dude's like fucking lucha submission style is insanity. It is fucking insane. He's doing shit no one else, no other white man on a fucking wrestling TV show that you can watch in America right now is doing anything that this fucking dude's doing. There are some Hispanics out there doing it on shows you can watch in America right now. But there is not a white dude on American TV that you can fucking watch right now doing this shit. It's insane. This dude is like completely fucking different from everyone else. And I love it. But I fucking hate the way he walks to the ring so much that every time I see him, all I can think about is hitting him in the back of the fucking knee with a tire iron. <laughs> okay. Now, I I understand. I'm I'm uh I don't know if I'm that <laughs> against him, but yeah. I'm not they... even against him. I just hate the way he walks to the ring and him as a person and character. Other than that, I'm a huge fan. But you're not against I'm a, him. I'm a fucking huge fan of this guy, except for everything he does that doesn't involve wrestling. That goes, that goes for the name, the gimmick, the way he fucking walks, his haircut, his wrestling gear, the way he looks, his face, like, specifically his fucking nose. 
Like, I just hate everything about this dude's presentation. But he's attached to maybe the most, like, interesting set of wrestling skills that you can watch on TV. <laughs> so, obviously, they lost. Um, uh, definitely lost. It was weird. Um, SCU has made this promise that the next time they lose a tag match... They're going to break up as a team. Kazarian mm. and, and... So here's the thing. It's like... You're going to lose, right? Like, if you're at this point, just break up. Because, like... You're gonna lose eventually, you know what I mean? Like, basically, you were just like, we're tired of being a team, next time we lose, that's just a good excuse to break up. Bro, just break up now, man. Just break up now. Like, you're gonna lose. Like, you're, <laughs> like it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen in, like, probably, like, a fucking month. You're gonna lose. Like, just break up. Like, it's just stupid to me. Like, this is, like, one of the dumbest, like... This is, like, the dumbest AEW, like... Guarantee stipulation. You know what I mean? Um, and Jericho was on commentary. Fucking obviously brilliant. And he said, This is AEW. You know, steer stipulations stick. Alright, <laughs> we get it. Cody's not going to challenge for your title, which I still don't believe. I still don't believe that. Yeah. I was say until Cody either challenges for the title or leaves AEW, quote unquote, because he loses that match. <laughs> right, and it's like, look, man, no one starts a wrestling company to not put the belt on themselves. Oh my God! Look, it's the Jacksonville Jaguar. He made his way to the ring. Oh no, it's Cody. <laughs> yep, exactly. So, um, yeah, stupid fucking. Kazarian and Daniels, yeah, 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 we're gonna break up. But they also fucking let, uh, they tell the Bucks, you know, we'll have your backs anytime, but we want a shot at the title. Moxley comes down to the ring, says a bunch of crazy stuff. He doesn't like, is zero tolerance for sh shitty people. Okay, this is gonna bring me into, I'm glad that I remembered the shitty people. Quote. <laughs> AEW had a lot of swear words last night, or this week, mm -hmm. last night. I watched half last night and half on Wednesday. Um, this week, but, uh, they tried to, they tried, they tried to censor them. I saw someone, I saw some tweets about the censor guy missing, or this, that, and the other. Like, what, what he, he censored the next word. So, he was so in this case, Moxley said he has, quote, zero tolerance for shitty people like Omega and Don Cows. So you heard, zero tolerance for shitty like Omega and Don Callis. Mm-hmm. And it happened on every swear word. It was fucking hilarious. Which is just another one of the, okay, AEW. Like, we've been saying this. Every now and again, I feel like we got to point some things out to AEW, right? And I'm not, and I've openly spoken about 
how I don't like how I like the AEW feels less produced than WWE. And my biggest problem with WWE is that it's overproduced. But there's a difference between like overproduced and looking like and just looking professional. You know, like this is this is Bush League Ring of Honor shit here, guys. And that's no disrespect to Ring of Honor. But like but like you're supposed to be the second major rest TNA Impact wouldn't have ever let this shit happen. And you guys are supposed to be better than them. You're supposed to be the second major wrestling promotion in America. And you're supposed to be better than this. And you are better than this. Get your shit together, man. This is Bush League. This makes you look sorry. This makes you look second rate compared to WWE. He would never let something like this happen. Get your shit together, guys. That's all I'm going to say about it. That's it. So, I, I mean, yeah, go ahead. You got did, something to say about this? Did it make this? it entertaining? Or was it annoying? You know what I mean? Like, was it at least a mistake that was funny, or did it just get annoying? It was, it was, it was neither. It was neither. The first time, the first couple times it was funny. After that, it was more just... I, it didn't annoy me, and it stopped being funny after the first couple. It was more just... I felt exactly how I just explained. I was just like, man, come on, guys. I was more, like, disappointed. Probably about the third time it happened. The first two times was funny. The third time I was disappointed in them. If that makes sense. Yeah, it makes total sense. I gotcha. Yeah. Um. So Moxley's like, yo, I'm gonna fucking... Kill you guys with a crowbar or some shit like that. He said a bunch of insane shit. Um, basically, he just goes on the tear for a few minutes about Moxley. I mean, this was probably his most passionate. This was a pretty good Moxley promo. It wasn't that, like, normal, like, mm, Kenny Omega... When I was 13, I swore that I was going to become the most brutal wrestler. You know that shit he does where he's always cracking right, his fucking right. knuckles? Nah, man, this motherfucker was out here, like, screaming on the mic talking about, like, I'm going to murder you with a crowbar. <laughs> like, like, that's good shit. Backstage, Chuck Taylor reveals that Trent has a torn pack and will be out four to five months. Um, Miro and Sabian come up. They start making fun of Chuck. They're like, so, uh... So that means you're going to be out four to five months. And he's like, nope, Trent has the torn pack. And they're like, nah, but like Trent basically is you guys like leader, right? It's Trent and Orange Cassidy. And he's like, nah, but like Trent's you guys leader, right? Like Orange, we get it. He'll be fine. But like, you're basically not going to have anything to do for four months, right? <laughs> Which was hilarious. And, uh. So Trent's like, nah, motherfucker, fight me next week. And uh, Miro's like, nah, if I beat you, then you have to be my young boy. So obviously Miro's going to beat Chuck or Chuck next week. And Chuck's going to have to be his young boy until Trent comes back, I'm guessing. Well, that, that could be fun. Or no, until after Kip's wedding. My bad. Nah, that could be no, fun. No, that has a fuck ton of potential. Yeah. There's a shit ton of potential to that idea. I'm with it. I'm cool with it. That's fine, because then you can also kind of branch Orange Cassidy off onto his own. 
Jake Hager took on Wardlow. Who do you think won this match, Mike? I hope Wardlow. Yes, Wardlow won. Um, this was the best big man match I've ever seen in my life. Really? Straight up. This was the best, like, as JR would say, got two big hosses in a ring, button heads tonight, you know? Um, those are always, those are always invariably terrible. I feel like Kevin Nash was always in matches like that. They always wanted to put Kevin Nash in a match against, like, the Big Show. Or fucking King Mabel. Like, matches like that just don't work. Ever. Right? Um. Yeah. For the most part. For sure. This, this match fucking worked, son. These two dudes, I don't think we've ever doubted Jake Hager's in-ring ability. You know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. These two dudes were just two big guys that could just are in hella good shape and athletically can do things that big men just can't sometimes. And they just beat the shit out of each other and had a fucking amazing wrestling match. And, I'm, and I mean wrestling match. They wrestled. This wasn't just two big guys fucking Irish whipping each other and shit. They had a wrestling match. And it was a fucking good fucking wrestling match, man. Um, Wardlow does get the win. Um, but, uh, you know, they shake after the match. Uh, after that, Private Party and uh, Snoop Dogg have a little bit of a thing. Um, <laughs> private party, then Matt Hardy comes out, they sign some contracts to whatever the deal was last week. Um, we didn't talk about it last week. Yeah. No. You know what? You know what? We're not even going to talk about it this week. We're just going to leave it hanging in the air like a mystery. I like it. Never happened. Yep. Um... <laughs> I will add this, Mike, because you'll enjoy this. So they sign these contracts to join up with Matt Hardy. And Matt says, don't worry, guys, I'm not a monster. I'm not going to take your money from Cameo or Twitch or anything. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Right, man, like, you motherfuckers are so ridiculous with this shit. So goddamn ridiculous and petty. Yeah. You know what's good <sighs> shit, man? Do your kids fuck with Gogurt, Mike? Gogurt? Yeah. The the tube yogurt? Yogurt and tube, yes. Yeah, my you know, my kids eat it all the time. That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm asking. So you've got it in your house, right? Yeah. When you go home today, put one in your freezer, right? And oh, then yeah, it's fantastic. Later, yeah, okay. I was going to say, then later when your kids go to bed, eat that motherfucker. <laughs> um... Off your, off your, <laughs> off your wife. Oh, okay. I like that. Just be like, no, Mike said you're supposed to let me do this tonight. There you go, bud. I just it's, got you. Just got you it's Friday. Required. Just got you Friday night pussy. Be like, no, Mike said you had to tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I just pictured you in my head and the look on her face. Oh, oh my God. Where she just be like, what the fuck? <laughs> no, it's straight. Mike said you had to. 
<laughs> it's a rule. It's a rule. Mike said on Friday. That's what I'm just going to – oh, that's what we'll just start telling our wives. That's what I'm going to tell my wife. I'm going to be like, Mike said you had to let me try this. She'll be like, what? And I'm going to be like, we made a deal. On Fridays when we record, we just tell each other what our wives are going to let us do. Like he just hooks me up and I hook him up. That way it's not coming from and us. you and have to do it. And you have to do it because we said it on the podcast. That took a weird turn. And then they'll be like, you said what on the podcast? My wife doesn't listen to this podcast, so. That's why I can say things like this. I know. Thank God. <laughs> My wife implies sometimes that she's going to start listening to it. And I'm like, you don't need to do that. I'd appreciate it if you didn't. Um, she's like, oh, well, like, I can download it. That'll help your downloads. And I'm like, no, nah, I don't even want it on your phone. I don't even want it on your phone. Because then uh, if it's downloaded, you'll be like, you're just like, you know, maybe you're driving one day. And you're just like, well, I've got this downloaded. I'll listen to Mike. Nope. <laughs> then you hear me on here, like, talking about the shit I talk about on here, which is usually her. <laughs> there was one where I was, like, listening to us as I was doing the dishes, and I was, like, midway through a story about, like, you know, doing stuff to her, and uh, and her, like, car pulled in the the driveway and i was like stop 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 (laughs) (laughs) so darby (laughs) allen and team taz come to the ring for a (laughs) weigh-in uh for the upcoming tnt title match that i'm assuming will be headlining next week since we had our other title matches tonight um which is going to be brian cage versus darby allen does anyone at all think brian cage is winning this title No. I don't either. I don't either. I don't. Um, but here's the thing. Brian Cage can't lose this match. He can't not win this title in this match. Like, like you've effectively just ruined him if he loses this fucking match and doesn't claim this title. He is what um, will be... He is what... He is what... I like to refer to as a main event jobber. Will he be, like, essentially Braun Strowman? Yes. Yeah. But he's not going to... But he's not going to have COVID to take Roman Reigns out of the main event so he can get a shot at Goldberg to legitimize himself. And here's the other thing. Even if he did have COVID to take out Roman Reigns there's still at least three other people that'd be in front of him. He's like, he's Braun Strowman. He's Braun Strowman. Do you remember that summer where there were, Brock was the champion, like the summer of Rollins as we called it? Right. Okay, Brock was the champion and there were at least five legitimate fucking title contenders, but you knew Brock, but you knew, but you knew Braun was the very last one in the pecking order. Yep. That's kind of where fucking Brian Cage is at right now. Like, you just know he's not going to win shit. Like, you just know it. You do. And I hate that because I actually think the dude's a pretty fucking entertaining wrestler. But I hate his fucking face sideburn shit. But I think but I think we're supposed to hate that. Um, 
he has to win this, man. Or like, he's another one of these guys that fell victim to the Sean Spears thing. We're all going to come here and be fucking undefeated champions. But we can't. We can't all come here and be undefeated champions. We're not. So we gave him a fucking title belt that is meaningless. Title belt that hasn't been seen in 25 fucking years. And even when it was seen 25 years ago, I'm sorry I know you were ECW guy fan, a uh, guy Mike, but that belt meant fuck all nothing. The belt meant fuck all nothing. It was a belt that a fucking main event jobber made for himself because he couldn't fucking win the big one. And guess what? Now another fucking main event jobber has it and he can't fucking win the big one. And that's what's going to happen. And here we are. Yeah. So, the, the motherfucker yeah. weighs 100 pounds more than Darby Allen. They did a legitimate weigh-in. He weighs 100 pounds more. I do like this, that they start, like, cracking jokes on him. Uh, Team Taz about Darby weighing 100 pounds less. And Darby just takes a mic, and he's like, look, we both know what's going to happen here. So let's just fucking get to it. And picks up his skateboard, and is just like, let's fucking go. And I was like... Props to that, and Team Taz is like, oh yeah, fuck it, let's just beat him up now. And everyone else that ever has watched wrestling was like, now's where Sting's gonna come out. I was just gonna say, and this has to be where Sting came out. Yep, so this is where Sting came out. And the faction ran away from the 61-year-old? Yes, the faction of three legitimate, full-grown, trained pro wrestlers their manager, and his son, who is training to be a pro wrestler. Yes, they ran away from a 61-year-old man and another man who weighed out at 174 pounds while wearing a fucking suit. (laughs) Every time I think of Darby Allin, I just think back to like the MJF thing where Darby had a shot at the fucking title, and they were like, what if Darby wins, and then you have to... And he's like, oh, what if Darby wins, and I gotta fight the 150-pound emo kid for the title? Oh, no. Like, because he's not... It's not serious, man. Let's be real. Could Darby Allen beat me up? Maybe. But Darby Allen should probably be able to beat me up. He weighs 25 more pounds than me, and is a trained fucking, like, combat sports athlete. Um, But, like, I still feel like I'd beat him up. <laughs> like I word up I feel like if Darby Allen mouthed me I would smack him and be like fuck it let's see what happens yeah yeah I'm with you so like I get it it's wrestling you know I watched CM Punk defeat Brock Lesnar my best friend Dustin sat next to me watching the build up to that he was just started watching wrestling and he was like see this is where I have a problem with wrestling and I was like, what? He's like, I'm just sorry. I'm supposed to believe that this CM Punk guy, he wasn't familiar with Punk yet, is going to beat Brock Lesnar. And I was like, yeah, dude, it's fucking. He was like, and he's like, and it's Brock Lesnar, former UFC heavyweight champion in this fucking. And he's like, and his name is so perfect. Because when I look at him, I'm like, what a little fucking punk. And then later, like by the end of that month, CM Punk was his favorite wrestler on the face of the planet. Yeah, that's that's also pro wrestling. Uh, backstage, MJF uh, approaches Jake Hager. Hager's backstage freaking out about shit, and um, this is great. Uh, 
MJF goes back and he's like, hey man, it was one loss, buddy, against a great competitor. You gotta remember, you're Jake Hager. You're undefeated in the octagon. Come on, man. It was one loss. And Hager's like, you know what, bud? You're a pretty cool guy. Now get the fuck out of my face. And he's like, thanks. And they shake hands. And it was just funny. Like, I love this how MJF's doing this. Like, hey, guys. I'm just... Um, anyway. Marco Stunt says Jurassic Express is on a quest for the tag titles. Uh, FTR walks up, and they're like, nah, shut the fuck up, you're useless. Jurassic Express might be on the quest for a tag titles, but you're not gonna be part of that. Like, you're just the other guy. Um, so, uh, Marco says next week he'll kick both their asses, so, it's Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt next week. Taking on FTR. Uh. Good. Guess what Matt Seidel's nickname is? Now here uh, here in eight here in eighty AW. I know it, but it's slipping my mind. Newborn Matt Seidel. Born spelled. Oh, I didn't know that. No, I didn't know that. Hold on though, let me tell you how it's spelled. Not spelled newborn like a, like my brother's baby. It's spelled new, the word new, and then separately uh, a whole other word. B O U R N E. Wow. They just can't help themselves. They that, just why can't. Why do you even want to do that? I don't know, Mike. I don't know. I don't fucking know. I when I I saw that that was now his nickname. I was like, this is dumb. So yeah, his nickname is now. Newborn. Hmm. The newborn, Matt Seidel. And he like I've never heard, even heard of him use that name before coming to AEW. By the way, never, 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 never. heard of that as his nickname. I could be wrong. If we are wrong, correct us. We're open to that. We like being. Like we like know when we're putting out false information. Let us fucking Facebook. know. Facebook.com slash drive by pod. <laughs> right. At drive by pod on Twitter. You can do it. Seven four zero. That's inside on You can call me. There you go, I put that out there for you guys. It's the only time I'm ever wow. gonna do it. It's the only time I'm ever gonna do it. <laughs> That's it. That's actually not even my phone number. I'm fucking with you. Don't call. Don't call that number. I don't I don't want to piss that person off. Seven four zero there it is. Um, that's my actual number. Um, Alright, so let's wrap this shit the fuck up, man. Uh, we've just been talking forever. Co- so Matt Seidel takes on Cody with Snoop Dogg. This match was fucking... This match was like watching a, like a practice run. Okay, so we're going to hit this spot here. Alright, no, okay. No, and then we're going to do this spot. It was like sloppy as fuck, man. Sloppy as fuck. Like, I just, it wasn't even sloppy. Like, the moves were done well. It was literally like you were just watching a move, and then guys like, all right, let's go over here and set up for this move. And then let's go over here and set up for this move. And everything just felt like I was watching two people practice and walk through a match instead of having an actual match. Um, 
Cody obviously picks up the win. Afterwards, Serpentico and Luther fucking attack him, but um, him and Matt Seidel take him out, and then Snoop Dogg does, um, I don't know, man, like the worst second rope splash I've ever seen in my fucking life. One yeah, of, one of those, One of those I'm landing on my knees first type splashes. I hate that. But he still somehow almost landed on his but, head? But still also didn't land on his knees first. It was right. crazy. Um, yeah, Sheeta wrecked Abaddon. This wasn't even like... Abaddon bit her on the neck and made her bleed, and then Sheeta just fucking... It was like I looked down and booked a couple, like, and booked a show on 80s Mania Returns, and when I looked back up, the match was over. I was like, okay, cool. I don't know if it was good or not. It was good from what I saw. What I saw was enjoyable. I just looked away for a minute. Let's get to the big thing here. Uh, Kenny Omega has an amazing fucking match with Ray Phoenix. Just an amazing match. Is it five stars? I don't know if I would call it five stars, but it's a fucking amazing match. All right? right. Let's get to the important part everyone wants to fucking know about. Also, please fucking edit my phone number out of here when you do this later on tonight. Uh, like, please do that. I very hard to remember. Please, please do that for me. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Like, that was dumb. Um, actually, you know what? Fuck it. Leave it. Yeah. Yeah. If you guys want to call me, go ahead. We've only got, like, fucking, like, 18 of you that fucking listen to this regularly. If you want to fucking call me, go ahead. If I start getting prank calls, whatever, man. We live in a day and age where you can just block numbers. Like, it is what it is. It's very true. Like, I'm straight, man. I don't, it's not like I'm going to have to change my number or anything. I'm not a goddamn celebrity. It's not like there's going to be a thousand people calling. Like, it's fine. Go ahead and leave it, man. I would love to actually fucking talk to the people that fucking listen to us. Go ahead and shoot me a text. I don't care. Go ahead. I think it's going to be awesome. I'm actually looking forward to this. It's going to be cool. Later, should we ever gain more fucking listeners, we'll delete this episode entirely. Um, <laughs> so, uh, this was a great match. At the end of the fucking night, um, um, after the match, Omega goes full-blown evil, him and Don Callis, full-blown like comic book villain, and um, basically is like, we're going to end Ray Phoenix tonight, and your people are not going to be able to come help you. And they cut to the back, and Eddie Kingston and his little fucking um, bitch trio uh, have Pac and Pac. It's going to take some time getting used to that. Pac and um, Penta taken out. So Omega and... Um, is about to fucking destroy Phoenix. John Moxley comes out with a barbed wire baseball bat and full-blown hits Kenny Omega in the fucking stomach and chest with it. Bear. It's fucking like... Dude took it. You could see where. It's bloody. Yes. Right on. Um, And then the motherfucking Good Brothers show up. And the three of them proceed to shithouse John Moxley shithouse John Moxley <laughs> then the Young Bucks come out and they're like yo what the fuck are you doing man what's going on what 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 and um two people run out to help John Moxley and the Young Bucks super kick them and the Young Bucks then at the end Omega puts up the fucking too sweet good brothers throw it in and the Young Bucks throw it in got a fucking bullet club reunion at the end of AEW Dynamite How do you feel about that? 
Um, it's weird for me because when all these guys were in the Bullet Club together, I liked all of them, right? And, like, I'm still, right. like, I still, you know, I'm not a Bucks hater and I'm not a Kenny Omega hater. They're not my favorite wrestlers in the world. Something happened when they made the Elite and I didn't care for them the same as I did. When they were mm -hmm. essentially junior members of the Bullet Club. Let's be fucking real. That's what they were. Um, right. So, I like that all these guys, because I love, you know, I've been a Bullet Club fan. Like, you know, I prefer, like, the older Bullet Club stuff. Um, not the elite heavy stuff. I like it, but I also kind of feel like what Tama Tonga said. It ain't the Bullet Club if the Tongans aren't there. So, is it the Bullet right. Club? Yeah, man, but it's also not the Bullet Club. To me, the Bullet Club pretty strictly exists in, in Japan. These are just... Well, again, it's like Tamatonga said. There's the Bullet Club, and then there's guys that wish they were still in the Bullet Club. <laughs> uh, it's also being rumored that... Did you see Tamatonga? Uh, I think uh, Fale tweeted... Cease and desist. Yeah. And then Tama Tonga tweeted, I love that lie. Uh-huh. Which is fueling speculation that had cropped out and then was quickly squashed that that was all a ploy to make money and to paint Vince in a bad light. And then Tama's kind of adding fuel to the fire, saying that it was a ploy and that that never happened. <laughs> uh, so... Pro wrestlers would never pull a carny move, right? Like selling t-shirts that don't exist right right um here's the thing uh it's cool wrestling shit mike yep maybe it is just cool wrestling shit it's cool wrestling shit just for the sake of cool wrestling shit i mean because let's be fair we've given it some time it's not helping either company pull any more viewers in at this point none no. And uh, so, also, all the man. rumors we heard about were bullshit. Oh, it's just to get Don Callis, blah, 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 blah. Oh, it's just this kind of one-time favor for blah, 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 blah. No, man. None of that was right. All of it was wrong. Ha, ha, ha. You guys were wrong. Fuck you, dirt cheeks. Seems all... to be just cool wrestling shit. It's just cool wrestling shit. And right the fuck on, man. Yep. Amazing. That's all I got. Amazing. Well, uh, Mike, oh, hold on. I got one question to ask you before we go. I know you're trying to rush me out. Oh, I, I was going to ask you good episode, great episode. This is a fucking very entertaining episode of TV. Very entertaining episode of AW Dynamite. I got a question for you before we go. Go ahead. You're two inches in your mom. Your dad is two inches into you. Do you move forward to get out of, to get your dad out of you? Or do you move backwards to get out of your mom? I I I can't I I can't. This is not. This is one of those games I don't play. That's just maybe the most messed up question I think you've ever asked. And that's impressive. Someone asked me that the other day, and I was like, and I was like, damn, you're good. Um, like, <laughs> what was your answer? I don't have an answer. I couldn't come up with one. I I yeah, think I think, and I hate to say this, but I think I think I'm moving forward to get the penis out of my butthole. That's not applicable. Not applicable, guys. 
I say it every week. It's been real. It's been fun. Got a little weird. We'll catch you next time. Uh, Wonder Woman 1984 is not worth the money. It fucking sucks dick. Pirate it or wait till it comes out on Blu-ray. Uh, for rent. You guys are beautiful. We love you. Have a great week. New episodes of Drive-By drop every Saturday on iTunes, Spotify, and the iHeartRadio app. Subscribe and make sure you never miss a single one. And keep the conversation going on Facebook at Drive-By Pod. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. This has been a presentation of the Near Fall Network.